sound Say have you heard the news today One flag was taken down To raise another in its place I have cross you Good evening. You are listening to a Rattledge and Broadcasting premiere podcast, Long Road to Ruin. I'm your host, the Mandated Reporter, and frankly, I'm mortified, Mr. Mark Rattledge. And joining me on tonight's Long Road to Ruin to discuss the Mythica film series is Ronnie Adams, the Dungeon Master himself. How you do, <laughs> sir? I'm very well. How are you, my friend? I'm good. You know, um, I know I'm known as sort of the uh, Rob Rob Renfrey has been calling me the potentate as of late of the Rattlejim Broadcasting Network. The potentate, supreme leader, dictator, yeah. you know all of these things. But I I prefer to think of myself as a magnanimous tyrant, and uh, <laughs> I will occasionally uh, go you know hear hear from my friends and people I podcast with. Like, mm -hmm. well, what do you guys want to talk about? And Ronnie, a little ways back, you know, we, we've been talking some um, Stump Town, we've been talking some Sweet Tooth and whatnot, and you were like, you know what I want to discuss with you? Mythica. <laughs> Ronnie, what the hell is Mythica, and why do you want to talk about it? Mythica was a wonderful film series that I, I stumbled onto when I was perusing Amazon Prime one day. I am into Dungeons & Dragons, and I've always been into the fantasy genre. And I saw this and I was like, holy crap, this is awesome. This is, this looks great. And, you know, like, it doesn't look like it takes itself too seriously. And I watched it. I watched the first one, A Quest for Heroes. And it was, well, the only one I watched, uh, the only one I saw was Mythica Quest for Heroes. I was, so I watched it and I was delighted to find out there were four more movies after this. So, um, delighted, simply delighted, delighted, <laughs> delighted. And, uh, so it is just a, a simple, amazing, to me, amazing, um, fun fantasy uh, movie series. Yeah, I was thinking, so I'm 45 years old, born in 1976. And I remember I was one of like the first kids, at least in my neighborhood, to have HBO. Yeah. HBO, um, and, and you could sort of replicate the same experience with the mom and pop video store of the, 19, of the early 1980s. Heck there yeah. were there were a lot of like Beastmaster quality uh, fantasy movies available oh, to watch. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, okay. Um, if you if you just take a second, um, if we can take, I know, I know this it, this is a bit off course, but no, if we no. take just a second, um, and pardon me while I do this because this was unplanned, um. You gotta take off your pants and jacket. Um, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I, it's actually warm, so I don't have a I have a jacket on. Um, ah. <laughs> uh. 
Ah, touche, yeah. sir. So if you look, just look up eighties fantasy movies. Now, um, you've got stuff like Willow, Neverending Story, Dark right. Crystal, but it really starts with me with Legend. Yeah. Oh man, Excalibur, Conan, Lady Hawk, um, the animated Disney, uh, The Black Cauldron. Yep. Uh, one I just watched today, Crawl. Oh my god, I haven't seen Crawl in so long. Pluto, the the app. Okay. That's I, I was perusing that because it's free TV, you know. Mm. And I was like perusing that, and I was like, Crawl, gotta watch it. Mm. Clash of the Titans, the old Clash of the Titans. Oh, yeah. That was 17. Oh, no, that was 80. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your your favorite, The Last Unicorn. Um, Dragon (laughs) Slayer. Yep, Dragon Slayer. Some of these these are on our to-do list. Uh, Bailey Bailey has wanted to talk about a bunch of these. I've wanted to do a compare and contrast with the new and the old Clash of the Titans. So, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is my whole childhood right here. Uh, Red Sonja, which was awful. Uh, the Secret oh. of Nim. Oh, it's a great one. I want my kids to watch yeah. that. Oh, I, yeah, it's it's a must. So you've got all these like wonderful eighties uh, fantasy movies, you know, like Beastmaster, mm. and so you know, Beastmaster was um, was big on TBS for a while. Yeah. Um. So it was the 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 Beastmaster channel for a long time. Um. But because uh, every time I would <laughs> turn on, they just like, yeah, hey, we don't have anything just to. Uh, I don't have anything to show right now. Well, I'll just put Beastmaster on. And so, um, but all these wonderful 80s fantasy movies I grew up with. So naturally, you know, as I, as I, you know, aged, I was remember these with, you know, remember these fondly. And this puts you like, you're right. It puts me in the mind of those. And it's just, it's, it's so much fun. And it, like I said, doesn't take itself too incredibly seriously and is just, yeah, I mean, like it's almost like the very first movie is the first big, the perfect first um, session of D anD D with a new group. Yeah, that that was one of the things I definitely wanted to talk to you about because I jokingly said to you, I was like, "This looks like somebody filmed a LARP." You know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, are the costumes not incredible though? Th- no, I mean, like, I, I it sounds derisive mm-hmm. when I s- dismissive. When I say like no. it feels like somebody filmed a LARP, but like a high quality, like people spent thousands of dollars on these costumes and got good camera equipment and was like, we're going to LARP, but we're going to film this like in at least like student film quality. Absolutely. And, you know, and, and it's, you know, again, it's this are the special effects, you know, clearly Adobe Pro. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I mean, high quality science sci-fi movie. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, I've seen worse. I have seen a lot worse than this. I think, like, like I said, I think if somebody was like, I am just so passionate about the tabletop D&D experience. <laughs> right. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to write a script based on a game I've played or intend to play. You know, like if somebody took, like, I know that Dungeon Masters, when they do, and, and you can speak to this more intelligently than I can, you have to do this shit. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, they actually do write out a format and a story. 
and yeah. a lot in many cases, if the, if the group is new, they'll actually create the characters and sort of disperse them to people. Like we have an an, an elf thief, and we have yep. a you know a human wizard necromancer, and we have a paladin, and you're you know, and you're like okay, and we have this cleric. Anyone want to be the cleric? I'm like oh fuck, I'll be the healer of the group. Um, yeah, yeah, yes, you know, yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Dude, I played in high school. I wasn't right. good at it, and I annoyed a lot of people. But, <laughs> but I played. Um, well, you've got your fighter. You've got your your sorcerer. So now I'm getting really nerdy. Indeed, the wizard and sorcerer are two different things. Mm -hmm. So there's three kinds of really kind of three kinds of magic users. There's a warlock, a wizard, and a sorcerer. Right. A wizard learns it. Sorcerer is born with it, and the warlock makes a deal for it. Sure. Magic. So she's born with it in this movie. So she's yeah. more of a sorcerer. She so her, her catchphrase like needs a, for Mindy to put on a t-shirt is I, you know, I am a natural born necro necromancer. Right. Exactly. And like, take a shot. Um, but uh, it's uh, so you got your sorcerer, you got your magic user, you got your thief, right? Uh, you got your fighter and you got your cleric. So, so it's, like, it's like somebody took their format they use for for their D and D game and was like, "I bet I could make this into a movie." And then they absolutely. did. Absolutely. And I I can see why. Like, would this make money in the theater? No, but I can absolutely see like in the world of the the infinite shelf on a you know on a streaming media platform, this finding an audience. Oh, um, absolutely. That's why Amazon still has it. Yeah, sure. Um, I'd be curious to see what the numbers are com comparatively speaking to, you know, mm. stuff of this of the same quality. Um, but why do you want to talk about it? Like, you know, this is sort of one of those things where like you could sit home, watch it, you know, eat some chips, not have pants on and enjoy it. But you were like, I need to talk to you about this. All right, Ronnie. So this, I, is, this is your time, man. I'm passionate about this movie because everybody else throws their crap against the wall and it sticks. <laughs> Okay. I mean, my God, Teasley wanted to talk about zombievers. <laughs> Zombies, sir. Zombies. I thought he wanted to talk about the zombie beavers, too. It's the thing. Probably. Um, I'm sure if we look hard uh, enough, we'll find zombievers out there. It's a real movie. Is it really? Yes, I'm not oh. even kidding you. Oh, okay. I thought you were just mispronouncing zombies. No, he well, he wanted to talk about zombies, so you all talked yeah. about zombies. Yeah, zombiever. I mean, like, there's just it's just there's all kinds of stuff that people want to talk about on there. Some of it's good, some of it's just awful. Um, in more ways than one. Uh, you know, I I don't find things, um, interesting that so others you know that others do, and I know that others will not find this interesting in the least. But this is, I mean, like, I don't want to say I'm passionate about these movies, but I kind of am because these were a a love letter to nerds everywhere. Sure. I really believe that. And um, this, oh, excuse me. This was a, <laughs> sorry, burp. Um, this was also a, a love letter to the fantasy genre of saying somebody, somebody saying, I don't have the money to make the movie I want to make, but mm -hmm. I'm going to do the best that I can. As and they did. As a film person, I really can appreciate that. I can absolutely, um, I can absolutely see the value in, in talking about this as a film viewing experience, because it's like you know, it's like with the the Kevin Smith thing about you know, if you have if you're passionate about your movie, you want to make your movie, then just go get get some money together, go get, get some right. equipment, get some friends, you know, give them some beer and some chicken wings, and shoot your damn movie. 
that's the whole reason. Uh, Kevin Smith is the whole reason I started a podcast back in the day anyway. And he's the whole reason that I started a Twitch as well. That uh, that thought process behind it. Uh, now I'm Twitch affiliated, which not might not be this big deal to some, but it is to me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're finding an audience with our D&D stream and things like that. So I do have things out there with my name on it that I have created and helped create. And it's a lot of fun. And whoever did these movies I, I, offhand, I, I mean, I, I know who wrote it and directed. I should write off. You well, know, um, my head, but I, can't. I was going to say, I was going to get into that. Um, yeah. Go ahead, finish your point and I'll, and I'll start. Um, should movies. be s- absolutely like blaringly, you know, like glowing proud that they made these. Yeah, I think this is something to be proud of. This is I yeah. like the Zumbi stuff, even though like we, we interviewed the director and everything, um, you know, just come off as so utterly silly like this. It, it isn't quite as bad. Like this is no. kind of a higher level than Zumbies. Yeah. Right. So Mythica is a series of primarily direct video fantasy films. The films are produced by Arrowstorm Entertainment. But the first from Mythica, a quest for heroes being partly funded by a Kickstarter, good for you people, mm-hmm. that collected $94,294. Uh, there are five films, all produced and co-written by Jason Fowler and Kenan Griffin. The film star Melanie Stone is Merrick, an escaped slave girl and budding magician and co-star uh, Kevin Sober. Okay, featured. I would not say co-starred. No, <laughs> he was Sorbo. definitely featured. Uh, as Gojin Pai, the magician who trains her, along with Adam Johnson, Jake Stormerun, uh, Nicola Posner, and those that team up with Marek on various quests together. And so the movies are A Quest for Heroes, The Dark Spore, The Necromancer, The Iron Crown, and The God Slayer. And these all came out between 2013 and 2016. All right. So the plot mm. for A Quest for Heroes. A quest, <laughs> Hold a quest on. For Heroes. There are people building a bridge on our video right now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't have... I don't have ad blocker. Oh, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, you sign into mine. And also, I just think the lead actress in this is just cute as a button. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I've, seen, I've seen worse performances from actresses. She's not she's bad. She's actually she's good. I mean, yeah. like everybody in here is at least good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, the uh, Tila uh, Nicola, whatever Posner. her last name is, Posner. Thank you. I kept wanting to say Pilsner, but that's a beer. Um, but uh, sh- she's probably, in my opinion, gives the weakest of performance, mainly yeah. because she keeps trying to put on an accent that she can't quite pull off. Yeah, that that was uh, that was sort of my thing too. Here, we'll we'll, come, mm. we'll run back to that in a second. Yeah, so, absolutely. A young aspiring magician and slave girl, Marek dreams of escaping her drab life and taking on ex- exciting adventures. We're going on an adventure <laughs> while being taught by sorceress Gojipai. Bilbo, I'm going on an adventure. <laughs> when she meets the priestess Tila in Hammerhead's tavern, who is seeking help, Marek offers her assistance running away from her owner. While beginning to use her magic abilities and using a brace to help her with her injured leg, Marek assembles a motley troop consisting of herself, Tila, Thane, who is a former soldier warrior and who rescued Marek from a, from a harassing... Paragus Malister and Dagon, who is a half elf thief and womanizer. Together, they go in search of Tila's sister, who is in possession of a mysterious stone that was taken from a temple of Tila's people and who was kidnapped by a wild ogre and a few orcs who want the stone for their necromancer, Master Sung Hill. A young slave girl and wannabe magician. Ma- okay, that, that just, mm-hmm. just, just repeats again. All right, so um, this is sort of like the introductory. 
uh, movie to this world, its characters. I want to say the plot kind of stands alone because the rest of it, once they've introduced the Darkspawn in the next movie, yeah. the, all, the four remaining movies all deal with the dark, uh, the main villain who's after the Darkspawn and the Darkspawn itself. So let's Correct. talk about this first one real quick, Ronnie. Um, this is basically, like I said, this is night one of the D&D campaign. Oh, they even meet in a tavern. Yeah, like I was kind of I mean, expecting like like a guild thing, you know, <laughs> like yeah. you know, like the, the um. We remember like, you play D and D, and and the guilds would have like help wanted signs and shit for adventurers. Yeah, absolutely, I mean, like now uh, nowadays, it's you as a DM, you're trying to get over that. Um, okay, so you meet in a tavern opening, you know, <laughs> uh, so and 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 the help wanted board is on the wall, and or. Mm-hmm. You know, so there's a lot of ways that you can start it, but the most commonly used one is you you meet in a tavern, right? And they literally meet in a tavern in this one. <laughs> At least Tila and and uh, Merrick do. And right. I was just like, holy crap! This is <laughs> like every one shot I've ran for kids ever. At, at the at my local game store, you know, or you know, this is how this you know most D and D games start. Uh, so that's what really got me like super interested in it like uh, i do have to admit when i'm watching this on on the screen uh my computer screen um is my monitor and my laptop screen are so much better quality than the tv i have in this room Mm -hmm. and the smoke snake was like oh that's really bad um (laughs) so i i know that the that the that the special effects in this aren't the best Mm -hmm. but it is uh, it's it's so much fun, you know. Um, but yeah, they they meet in a tavern. They offer up thirty pieces, uh, thirty silver pieces for. Uh, I was gonna say thirty pieces of silver, like she was Judas or something. Um, <laughs> but uh, they offer thirty silver pieces as a bounty, and uh, everybody wants gold instead, which is the same thing in D anD. d But it this is the beginning of the quest. They're looking for her sister, and a lot of times when you start a game the opening quest has nothing to do with what the rest of the, the game is about. Yeah. This is like, you're all level one. Your, your, yeah. your, your uh, wizard can barely do a magic missile spell. <laughs> right. And needs everyone yes. to stand in front of them. I know. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm so happy that I can talk to you about this. <laughs> your, your, your warrior, like, you know, doesn't have a tremendous amount of hit points and barely any armor. <laughs> yeah. The whole year. You're, you're straight up AD and D the guy though, aren't you? You played like second edition. Yeah. I I mean, we're talking 92 Mm -hmm. to 94. So, um, yeah. So I actually, uh, quick story. I spent the entire week last week in Lake Lake Genosha, uh, Wisconsin. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Hometown to Gary Gygax, who created Dungeons and Dragons. That's cool. I went to Ernie uh, Ernest Gary Gygax Jr.'s house, uh, Ernie Gygax, his son, and played games with them uh, for like the entire week, and hung out, you know, at the the hobby shop and things like that. Now there is a big thing online about Gary uh, or about Ernie, you know, just you know the whole cancel culture thing, and and there are things that sometimes people find problematic that I understand. But um, I will say this. I spent time with the man. Uh, I had this trip planned before anything came up and you will never find a more inviting man to his gaming table in his home than, than Ernie. I I was really shocked. 
He's like, yeah, come on in. Let's play some games. Uh, but yeah, but this is like, uh, this is level one stuff right here. Um, this, this movie. And it is, it, it just, it put me back in, you know, rolling dice with my buddies in high school. Um, and, and, and think of, think, trying to think of good stories to, 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 to go along with the game that we're playing. And, um, so yeah, she's gathering her, she's gathering her adventuring party now. One of the things I like about, especially the first one is, I mean, look, this isn't exactly Lord of the Rings, but there's a no. solid, but there's a solid hero's journey here. Yeah. Like, I was actually like, and I, I don't want to skip too far ahead. I want to kind of do these in order, but there's a point at which it almost mimics Star Wars in, you know, in Star Wars, I think it's primarily a fantasy that's set in space um, yeah. more than it is a science fiction. I've said that for, you know, a hundred years now. And, you know, and I, and I was, and I reason I bring up Star Wars is Marek goes on this journey where, you know, she has some innate powers. You know, again, like there's a lot of Luke Skywalker uh, comparisons here. Yeah. So she, she, you know, she has innate power, innate ability, but she needs someone to bring it out of her. She needs training. She needs focus. Um, and she starts to get that along the way. That's sort of Kevin Sorbo's role in this is to sort of, you know, guide her and keep her on the path. Um, at one oh, point Sorbo. in the story, you know, she, um, you know, she comes, she becomes hip to the idea of what needs to be done with the dark spore. And she goes about doing that. And she comes to the conclusion at one point that she's going to need to go to the dark side in order to get close to the, to the evil villain and, you know, and <laughs> defeat him. And, and, you know, and so she does like the noble sacrifice thing. Like, this is what I mean. Like there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of like really solid high fantasy stuff going on here. Absolutely. You know, she, 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 you know, she learns her, she learns to be a hero. She sacrifices herself to save the day. You know, she, you know, she takes out the villain, you know, in one foul swoop and all of that. It's all really solid <laughs> stuff. And it begins, and it begins with this. You know, like and it, it like to the point where like they have her like hobbling around with a you know with a but a busted leg and she doesn't mm -hmm. quite know what to do with her magic and people are like oh necromancer we're not sure if we trust you and all of that and then right. you have the thief character Dagon who's like I'm just in it for the money he's very hand solo Wom yeah womanizer yeah yeah and my, like they, they should have had him flying in on the Millennium Falcon it was like that obvious right absolutely absolutely um, um the Ken posner the woman who plays tila i just uh -huh. she's the only one and, and i think you're right about this she's the only one who doesn't give like the world's greatest performance like it, it i feel and and the thing of it is is like i can't fault her too much because there's always one person in the group who thinks they're doing high british theater yeah and, uh, yeah like they, they the tendency to like want to overact and do an accent that they can't hold you know, it's just like, just fucking, you know, it's like Madonna who, when she thought she was British for a while. Holy you crap. Know. Yes. I was going <laughs> to say the same thing. She says she has that going on, yeah. you know, and here's the thing. She's so pretty. She's, she's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah. She's the prettiest girl in the cast. And so it's like, you're terrible, but you're so pretty. You get away with it. <laughs> That's true. Oh dear. Oh dear. Uh, yes. Um, yeah, yeah. There's nothing I can add to that. So, <laughs> I, I agree the, completely. And then the guy who plays uh, the paladin or warrior, <laughs> or whatever, whatever they're referring to him as, more of a um, fighter because he doesn't use magic. Um, Thane. 
Adam Nerd. Johnson is saying, yeah, he's Adam okay. Johnson. He, I've seen Adam Johnson in other things too. Have you? you know, just silly things like Dungeons and Dudes. And he played in another movie called Orcs, where he's a park ranger who um, fights off uh, awakened orcs with uh, Uzis and, and uh, AK 47s. Yeah, it would it's not surprise ridiculous. me. See, it would not surprise me at all to see like he gets like if he gets like solid B and C level work. He does. He does. And he's a good actor, though, when he can't, when he, you know, when he gets the roles for it. Now, th- these are, you know, there's a certain amount of, of cheesy and, and, you know, overacting that goes with fantasy, no matter whether it's this or Lord of the Rings. I'm actually looking at his IMDb now. Um, he's been working on something called The Outpost uh, yeah, since yeah. 2018. Um, he was in Yellow. He plays a biker in the, in the show Yellowstone for an episode. Oh, wow. I've never seen that show. Um, he's in some version of Little Women. He plays Duke Sr. Um, I don't think there's anything I actually know here. Orcs. Um, orcs. <laughs> he's it on actually has an epi- exclamation point in the in the title. He's orcs. In, he's on an episode of This Is Us. Oh wow! Uh, he was on an episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine. So, like I said, yeah. like he gets work. He, you know, he's he solid a, work. Yeah. Um, I see his Dungeons and Dragons. His, sorry, his Dudes and Dragons thing. Dudes and Dragons. Yeah. <laughs> he was on an episode of CSI. Can he's I just say of, he's on an episode of Dexter? Oh wow. I have to go through and watch that again because I didn't yeah, know him then. Like so right now, what we're watching right here, I don't mean to interrupt you. They're yeah, no, they're no. actually um, sneaking into an orc encampment. Mm-hmm. Do you know how many times I've had people do that <laughs> in that game? Nice. Like, nice. you know, you have to rescue the prisoners from this orc encampment, and uh, but it's just um, when you have a movie like this that doesn't really have a, I mean, like it has a plot. Mm-hmm. Um, it has everything, and you know it's and, and you know it's going to lead up to other movies. But it's a better Dungeons and Dragons movie than the actual Dungeons and Dragons movie that was made in two thousand. Oh God, you talk about the one with the Wayne's guy. Oh gosh, it's terrible. That's the worst movie ever. Yeah, this was clearly done by people who love and appreciate the uh, the fantasy game. genre and game. Yeah, uh, I mean the people that made this may have never played Dungeons and Dragons in their life. I highly, I find that highly unlikely, but you know, this is just, like I said, this is good fantasy. And the fact that I can relate this back to the game that I play um, and everything that they do say and, and, and everything that's filmed. I mean, it's even better. So this was filmed in Utah and that's one of the, let's really look the last thing I have to say about this first one. This was filmed in Utah and like the whole series, I think is actually, pretty well like it, it definitely feels like a larp like I, I i i've done one or two myself and i know my friends um who were really into D loved for a long time and it was always meet in a public park yeah you know um your public park was your fantasy world and you made of it what you you know what you could Absolutely. um i've also known not, not to get too off topic here but i've also known people who are wiccans and stuff like that and it, it's you know I have seen people have their uh, hand fastenings in a park. <laughs> you know, it's always like, well, what do we got that's got, you know, what do we got that's landscapey around here? Let's go park. there. Yeah. yeah. So it's always like the public park or something. Um, and, the, you know, and, and I'll tell you this, like, good for the people who made this movie for using, you know, for, for first of all, well, who films in Utah? Really? Nobody films in Utah. 
they apparently got a tax credit for this. So good for them. Right. <laughs> you know, good, good for funny. them to, you know, film outside of the Hollywood system, outside of the, the whole Hollywood environment. And outside of a couple of sets, like the bar, you know, yeah. and, and some stuff, this is pretty much like. Well, they did some, they did some location scouting though. Yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, a yeah. lot of this is just like to just kind of shoot in in the natural environment, and it yeah. looks. This is the whole, like twenty minutes later. This is my point. This it looks really pretty. Yeah, yeah, like, it's it a very pretty, pretty movie. Yeah, yeah, like the location, the, cin- the cinematography, and the actual. Um, I would like to say the actual nuts and bolts of it, not not mm-hmm. like the, um, like the camera work and the direction and stuff like that. I think it's really good. Yeah, um compared to a lot of other here. movies yeah and uh i say really good but i mean like really good for like i said like the sci-fi channel like high sci-fi channel high quality sci-fi channel movie this has some good shots this has some some good cinematography and direction and the and the clip that we're watching now with the uh i don't know what they call this this particular beast i would more or less call that a warg or or kind of a displacer beast but not really um this is i mean this is actually decent special effects you know um decent decent not great decent um <laughs> but uh you know it, it, it's got everything you need in a in a movie it's got you know some tension it's got a little bit of flirtation not not really romance uh, it's got budding romance in it um but you know you you find a lot you find all the elements that you need in this movie my one last comment and then we can i think we can move on to mm-hmm. the next movie if dark you want Spore. okay yeah the dark spore um the really the movie that kind of sets the rest of this this is almost like a prequel you know what i mean mm-hmm. you know it's very chapter one the meat mm-hmm. of the story starts with the second movie um no, but <laughs> I have to say this, and you're going to hear this, and you're like, it, it'll be one of the few times I've ever talked about this part of film craft on any podcast I've ever done. It's not something I pay a tremendous amount of attention to. And again, for higher budget movies, it's generally not a problem. It was noticeable on here, especially with an HDTV. The makeup, first of all, the, oh, two, yeah. Yeah. two elements to the makeup yeah. here. One, I could hear my dad yelling from, you know, from Apollo Beach, Florida, a painted woman in this time. <laughs> has he, he done that? Yes, he is. That, that is a quote. Incredible. My father, Captain Autism. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's a he's a little aspy, my dad. <laughs> you can, he'll be on the, he'll be on an upcoming uh, trip out trivia where where. I'm honest with two people who have unfortunately lost their fathers, and I'm like, you know, antagonizing mine. And they're like, "Stop that! Treat him well." No. <laughs> oh my goodness. And then he, and then my father brings up my elementary school report card. Um, and then they're like, "Oh, we get it." No, they didn't. Yeah. One of them was Teasley. Um, oh no, man, yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> you can you can imagine how the rest of the podcast went. Yeah, yeah I don't yeah. think I don't think Teasley and I are allowed back on. Says Alexis. Um, <laughs> Anyway, my point being, like I, I remember like watching a high fantasy movie as a kid, and my father noted, like I didn't notice it. I was a kid; I didn't pay that close attention to film craft, you know, in in, yeah. in, in my early years. And my That's father walked in the room, and he looks at what I'm watching, and he's like, "It's a lot of makeup they're wearing." And then he just blurts out, "A painted woman in this time? They'd all <laughs> hung her from the trees. They'd have drowned her in the river. They'd have said she was a witch." 
<laughs> this is the same man who, when Randy Macho Man Savage dropped an elbow on Ricky Steamboat, he said, a painted woman? No. Um, <laughs> he said, if anyone really dropped an elbow like that, they die. Yeah, it's true. My father, not a huge fan of, uh, of fiction, as you can tell. <laughs> he is definitely reading some uh, nonfiction and uh, biographies on the toilet. He likes he likes his science fiction. That's his jam. No, All right. So go. the Dark Spore, uh, which came out in 2015, and the plot goes like this. Hopefully, the person who did the Wikipedia entry on this didn't repeat himself again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Show prep, everyone. Show prep. <laughs> Following immediately from the end of a quest for heroes, Tila's sister is killed by Kishkumin, a dark magician with yellow eyes, and also steals a mysterious stone that she was carrying and wants to give it to his master, Zorlok. And Zorlok is the dark Vader of this thing, mm. or the Emperor. He's the big bad. Uh, meanwhile, sorcerer Gojin Pai tells Merrick about the stone. <laughs> every it's a time, phenomenal I, name. Every time I'm thinking Gomer Pyle, nope, Gojin Pai. Gojin Pai. Would you like some Gojin pie? No, I'm on a diet. Um, <laughs> That's what I think. <laughs> no, no, none for me, thanks. I'm none, watching my none. sugar. Um, <laughs> a fragment shard of the full dark spore, a piece that can give the user a great immense power, which mm -hmm. once belonged to the Lich King that was found by Zorlock and his followers years ago. Split into fragments, but after using his followers to reunite the dark spore, he was stopped by Gojin pie and other sorcerers from getting the power from the piece. And in the aftermath, the sorcerers split the piece into four fragments, like the Dark Crystal. Like, literally, they, yeah. did they just make yeah. a list of other fantasy movies and just sort of, like, picking and choosing what they wanted? Listen, my my DM mentor um, says that he watches and steals from everything. Yeah. So any fantasy, any fantasy you've read has come from somewhere else. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So, yes, they probably did. Um. All right, so, uh, and hid them apart in the world. One was with Tila's sister and her people. A second was hidden in the Dragon's Lair in an ancient ruined city. Gojin Pai also tells Marek about who she is. A necromancer. A natural-born necromancer. Just natural like Zorlok. Natural-born yes. killer, baby. And that is why Zorlok also wants Marek at his side, because the potential power she holds within. That power is also what Tila sensed in the previous film. Yeah, Tila was like, listen, you have a darkness in you. I don't trust you because I am lawful good and my god is lawful good and you are <laughs> yes. you are neutral evil and it doesn't, doesn't really work for me Zorlock is more probably lawful or chaotic evil I was talking about Merrick um, oh, Merrick uh, Merrick is probably neutral good yeah. and she flip flops yeah for sure um, when she tried to heal Merrick's leg it was also what might drive Merrick to the darkness if she is not careful using it see a lot of Luke Skywalker there Oh, absolutely. Marek and her company must go on a journey to the ruined city and prevent the evil necromancer Zorlock from obtaining all the shards of the Dark Spore, or all will be lost. Therefore, mm. they must get to the hidden shard from the ruined city before Kishkumin does. Uh, along the way, they meet Cole, a mysterious dark elf warrior with his face marked with strange drawings that allows him to be unharmed by dark magic, who allies himself with Marek after she saves him from the fairies. And they are also <laughs> pursued by Paragus Malister, who we'll see more in the next film, Yep. Who wants revenge from events of the previous film? All right, Ronnie, what did you think of uh, the Dark Spore, which really kicks things into high gear? I loved it. I mean, it's just like, okay, so you open up in a tavern, you have this great first session, right? And they're like, we want more. So where yeah. can I take it from here? All right, Tila's sister's dead. 
and she was carrying with her this ancient relic that awakens a dark magic in Merrick. And you don't have to, you don't really have to tell them it's Merrick yet. You can just leave that for later. Right. Um, so yeah, this is the continuation of a, a group that obviously has a lot of great charisma together. Mm -hmm. Um, and they are, they are now a complete adventuring party. So you need to, I don't, the, the owl throws me off every time and I don't know why. (laughs) Now they need to go. Um, Now they need to go on another quest to gain uh, experience points. Exactly. You have to find your experience. You have to go. You can't just kill goblins all the time. You Mm got to go on an actual quest. So, um, the first one was a quest for heroes. This one is a quest to basically begin to find themselves. What makes them a group? What makes, uh, they have to find all the stones for the infinity gauntlet. Right. Exactly. What? Um, (laughs) (laughs) but also uh, the thing that really draws people in now, um, with this one is the fact that uh, the real big bad, the BBEG, the uh, the Darth, as you put him, the Darth Vader of it all, um, is is introduced in this in his Zorlock, and that is portrayed. Zorlock is portrayed by uh, probably one of the best dungeon masters in the world today, and he has multiple streaming shows to prove it. Uh, well, he has one main one. Uh, voice actor extraordinaire Matthew Mercer. Oh, okay. Matthew Mercer is the dungeon master on Critical Role, and right now he is not the dungeon master. He's a player uh, because they are doing a, an eight week, and there he is. Well, you know, <laughs> um, he. Uh, for those of you who are going to be listening to this, we're also watching a video along with it. If you cannot watch that video, sorry about your luck, um, but. Uh, he uh, they're they're in an eight week mini campaign called Alexandria Unlimited, and uh, they pre taped it and they're they're playing it now and I guess they're they're getting ready to start their third campaign since Critical Role started, and um, but he is he is an incredible dungeon master and an incredible D and D player as well, um, and to see him in something like this was really like this is super cool. I'm glad he did this. Um, and the fact that there are pictures of Matthew Mercer and Kevin Sorbo with their arms around each other just kind of warms my heart for some reason. Um, do you know how they got Kevin Sorbo to do this? Because this is clearly like money, okay? Probably, I don't know, but uh, I mean, it's just because this comes across as so indie, it comes across as like so independent, you know. I'm seeing the rest of his movies, yeah, I guess. I'm 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 guessing. I'm guessing there there are tiers of like agents and casting yeah. directors and whatnot, and it's like okay, we have Kickstarter money and we're writing and we're doing a D and D movie. Great, right. here's the list of C and B actors available to you. Like we'd like Scarlett Ooh. Johansson. Well, I'd like a 12 inch dick and men <laughs> 10 million dollars, but you're not getting her. You can have Kevin Sorbo. Kevin Sorbo probably I in my mind I like to think that Kevin Sorbo sees this. And it kind of reminds him of his days of Hercules. Yeah. And he's just like, you know what? I'm going to do this because it seems like fun and they're paying me. And, you know, it, it's it, it's a reprieve from what he had been doing, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also, think, I, I, I don't know that like, he this has. Is, this is latter day Kevin Sorbo. I mean, these are fairly recent. Yeah. And like his, his big, his, what, when was Hercules? What, like the late 90s, early 2000s? Yeah, absolutely. 
So I'm sure he's uh, just happy mid to, to late nineties. I was like, he's probably just happy to be working at this point. He does a lot more than what you think. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a lot more than what you think. He he's uh, he's a born again Christian, so he does a lot of uh, Christian based faith faith based movies as well. Mm-hmm. So um, he does more than what you think. Now I'm, I don't know if those faith based faith based movies are you know high paying or whatever, but um, he gets work. Um, it, it surprises me how much you know he is in in movies. Um, but, uh, this one was, I mean, like he's good in it. He, he plays the part and it's not dialing it in like most people would. Sure. Um, but I, uh, I have to say, as we watch these clips, um, and you know, for those that are listening on the traditional podcast medium, one of the things we were talking about with the first movie it becomes very evident with this one is how well for this level of filmmaking, they're able to like composite shots that there's a lot of special effects going on here. There's like yeah. dragons I mean, flying around dragons in, the fly in the background, you know? Yeah. You know, I mean, they they do a lot with like smoke. That was one of the things I wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. They do a lot with smoke. They use smoke as sort of a, a stand in for visible magic being used, usually dark magic. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a lot with color. It, it, it is sometimes with like high fantasy, you know, for those at the higher level, sometimes the color paletting is not great. You know, everything's dark and grim and yeah. brown and earth tones like this is almost comic book level. It's There's so a colorful. Lot of purples and yellows, yeah. and it's really, it's really bright. I think that's also what drew me to it because of that. I, I don't, I mean, like, I love. Okay, let's Lord of the Rings. Let's compare it. Mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings has a lot of earthy tones to it. The only yeah. time that I remember seeing a lot of color was in, uh, was in the, the you know with the elves, uh, R- mm-hmm. Rivendell, yeah, Rivendell, and um, so you don't see a whole lot of color you know, popping out at you throughout the whole thing. Even when magic is done, um, it's either like earth tones and greens and, and stuff like that. And then you have Gandalf the white. That's where you find uh, the mo- the brightest colors. And, and what and white is just absence of absence of color, you know? So it's like, like, the battle of, like the you battle know? of Helm's deep, you know, it, it's yeah. all like, different shades of gray and gray dirt and grime and, and it's awful. And, and then like Gandalf shows up with the writers of Rohan and bright white. Blinding. Right. <laughs> right. It's just like, ah, okay, that's cool. Oh, yeah. Exact opposite. But this is pretty consistent. Um, I mean, like even right here, he's wearing a gold robe and she's wearing mm-hmm. white and, you know, it's, it, it's just like they really take in, into consideration that, Everything wasn't just earth tones back then. Probably it was. There was a lot of you know, um, there was a lot of color. There was a lot of dye used that people don't mm. realize. And so this I, is awesome how they're making this map. So I never finished my point before because like, oh, I, yeah, I got sorry. stuck on. I got stuck on. No, it's not your fault. Me, I got. I got stuck on making fun of my dad. Um, <laughs> but so yeah, the the, the heavy makeup, the you know, the bright colored lipstick and everything. It's like, come on, they, they would not be wearing makeup in this time. No, Tina's a, a little bit made up for this. Yeah, yeah. she's ridiculous looking. Um, yeah. gorgeous, but like, like, <laughs> hi, we're, we're out in the wild. Well, let me put on my face. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. Um, but there was a second point that I wanted to make, and this was more of a film craft thing, not a this is <laughs> this is stupid larpy stuff. Um, because a lot of girls would do that too, like who LARP. They they were like, I'm here to LARP. I'm you know, I'm out in the wild oh, fighting org and they're just up and... fucking, you know, and they, they look like they're on a date. I'm like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, but the other I say painted the... up like I'm a like I'm a <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> what kind I'm of a, painted trollop uh, are you? <laughs> yeah, I'm a freaking Puritan over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, the also, especially towards the end, and I really noticed it. And it might be because I was watching on a different television because I watched the first three movies on my living room TV. And I'm sitting at the back end of the room on my couch, not close to my television. I have a fairly big tel- television, but not, and it's HD, but not big enough to where I, I noticed this at first, especially yeah. with the close-ups. When I was in my bedroom and I'm laying at the foot of my bed, so I'm not that far from the TV. This was more noticeable. Like the makeup artist didn't do a great job of covering up blemishes on the women, especially. Like it's not as noticeable on the men. It's just a weird thing to bring up, but I mean, I'm a, I'm a film craft person, and I noticed that like there were some there, there were some skin issues going on with with some of our lead women here, and I don't notice it in like top tier two hundred million dollar productions. I noticed it here that. Digital editing, my friend. Yeah, no, I'm sure it is, and yep. they did not, they could not afford it with this. Too much, you know, too 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 much Adobe smoke magic going on <laughs> for that too. <laughs> well, I like go, that though because go over the dailies and erase the skin blemishes. Right. I mean, it's like not. I mean, oh my gosh, Scarlet might have a pimple coming in. Yeah, gotta erase that. No, I mean they're real people, so let them have a few blemishes every once in a while. Come on. Yeah, but I, mean, I get we'll, I get we'll why just, they do it, but we'll just cake over the makeup and it'll be super obvious. Oh yeah, that was that's bad. Yeah, um, <laughs> but it's ugh, yeah, um, but you know it it is what it is because when you're working on a, a Kickstarter budget, you got to do what you got to do. I'm not taking um, anything away from them. But oh like, no, no. The, how we can't spend an hour going. It's good. I like D and D. Yeah, <laughs> no, absolutely. I could, but I'm not going to. <laughs> not with me, you're not. Um, <laughs> no, I know. All right. Anything else about uh, the Dark Spore? Not really. I mean, this one just really gets the sets the tone for the rest of the series and mm-hmm. and kicks things off. I mean, like you know that they really have something going on that uh, that needs help. Or, yeah, I mean, like they need to to help with. Definitely gives them the mission objective. Yeah, absolutely. I, I tried to speak English there, but my tired made me not word. You're, you're tired. <laughs> my tired made me not word good. <laughs> That's fine. Um, man, I really to go to oh, the next one. Google oh. Fi. Shut up. Fair Stop up. doing commercials. What? what is happening right now? <laughs> uh, Peacock. Oh my god. <laughs> um, we're just right. gonna. I mean, I'm just gonna have to give you my login because <laughs> I pay for for uh, for uh, for YouTube Plus or whatever it's called. Uh huh. Yeah, I know. As you can tell, yeah, I I shouldn't, (laughs) but I do. But uh, yeah. All right, so um, let's move on to. I think that's actually the end of my playlist. Well, that would explain why that all that happened. No, okay. (laughs) No more videos. Sorry. Um, So I'm okay uh, with that. The necromancer, Marek is. Mm -hmm. This was. um, Let's see. Let's see. This is the third installment. It came out in. Uh, 2015, the end of Mm -hmm. is beginning to master more of her advanced magic by training with Gojin Pai and receiving a staff from him, and even helping him stop some orcs who had set a trap for him. Although he reminds her that she needs to be careful about her necromancer power, uh, which can lead to darkness because uh, by taking life force from someone else, it would be hard for her to come back from it. He details a bit more of the past, which he began telling Marek in the previous film and about his former team of sorcerers and their enemy Zorlock. They were called the Red Thorns. They were powerful and invincible, 
the envy of the realm, and Zorlock wanted to stop the invading battalion soldiers by becoming the Lich King, and thus rising <laughs> and controlling hordes of undead. Rise from your grave. Fight a little altar beast for you. By defeating Zorlock, one of the nice. sorcerers sacrificed himself, and that led to the disband of the group, and also to the company accomplished invasion by the battalion soldiers as a side effect. For the ritual to become the Lich King, uh, after gathering the four pieces of the Dark Spore, Zorlock will need another necromancer, and that includes Marek. So she must lay low as to not be found by Zorlock. Gojin Pai reminds Marek that Zorlock already has two pieces of the Dark Spore. Meanwhile, Marek and her group have become respected in Hammerhead's Tavern. They adopt the name of the Red Thorns, and Thane becomes more involved with Tila. When he is taken hostage by Paragus Malister, the cruel master of the Thieves Guild, who is seeking revenge for having been forced to sign for the freedom of Marek, she must embark on a corrupt mission to serve the Thieves Guild in with her team and would-be heroes by retrieving some Illustrium from the eel, um, whose whereabouts are unknown to a captain named Pirio, while in the midst of creatures called Gooches, and also serve Galatians as well as cave demons. That was a lot. Um, was, yeah, you did well, my friend. <laughs> thanks. Because <laughs> I looked at it, I was like, yes. Um, was is this the one where Tila dies, or is it the next one? Yes. This yeah, is the one where Tila dies. Yeah, this is the one where Tila dies. Okay, so this was a weird one. Um, we're we're midway. Actually, um, we're this midway... one was a little clunky compared to the rest of them. Yeah, we're we're midway through the series here, so let me just stop there and remind people that one of our great sponsors is Grammarly. Grammarly uh, AI-powered products help people communicate more effectively. Grammarly helps you write mistake-free on Gmail, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and nearly anywhere else you write on the web. Grammarly corrects hundreds of grammar, punctuation, and spelling mistakes while also catching contextual errors and improving your vocabulary. And we'll make you word good events. even when tired. Yes, sir. We'll push Sorry, you in the pool and you. It, no, you're fine. It, it will push you in the pool and take over and say, "Just stop, stupid! <laughs> stop, uh, stop it!" <laughs> you download Grammarly today. Go to eight. Uh, go to getgrammarly.com/w2mnetwork. Again, that's getgrammarly.com/w2mnetwork. Do download Grammarly for free. It will help you write a better movie than the 2000 Dungeons and Dragons movie. <laughs> Gosh, because I don't don't see how you could write a worse movie. Anyway. Right. I was I was trying to think of what couldn't help you, but I don't think. I mean, a hit of acid could help you write a better Dungeons and Dragons movie <laughs> than that one. So anyway, um, so yeah, this one's a little clunky because like Thane spends half of it locked in a, in a, in a um, BDSM dungeon. And <laughs> <laughs> yep, <laughs> just whipping him. And <laughs> Ooh, licking in the whole night. Like they go to rescue him at first, and I kind of lost the part of the plot here. I was really rushing through these by this point. But like it's like you you know we, we we've come for our man. Well, you can't have him. You have to go on a thing. Okay then. And then they go, and so he's out of the movie for most of it. And yeah, just, I think he had a different. Um, he had some. Oh, uh, schedule conflicts probably with another movie he was making. Yeah, or you know the one episode of Brooklyn Nine Nine he had to do. Anyway, um, <laughs> would you pass that up? No, no you wouldn't. Not. No, no, I, I'm not taking that away from him. Um, Especially when all of these were made in one year. Yeah. So, um, so Deegan, Tila, and Marika on this quest for the for the uh, thieves guy. And along the way, now explain this to me because I kind of lost the plot here. 
Why yeah. did Marek have Marek ended up killing Tila for some reason? Now it becomes one of these deals where, and it's and it's so funny because over the course of the next couple of movies, it kind of reminded me of the Spock trilogy, where Spock mm-hmm. sacrifices himself, but he put his but they, and they thought he was dead, and they you know they shot his body out of a cannon into space, and they um, but then you know Spock's father's like you're fucking idiots. He put his essence in somebody. Go get him. Go get my son's body, you dopes. And uh, his body ended up on the Genesis planet, and it regrew, and they, you know, and they brought McCoy down there, um, and they put um, Spock's essence back in his body, and you know, and then they went and saved the whales, um, and that's the Spock trilogy. And You're this right. kind of, and this kind of, the next like here, the next one, and the final one kind of remind me of that because Tila has kind of a similar journey. Other people like Tila, Spock. What the fuck, dude? No, just hang on. So. Marek kills her, and I can't remember what the reason is. That's what I want to do to speak on. In just We're a still second. talking about uh, the third movie, right? Yeah, this is the one. But yeah. The, yeah, she dies because of Marek, though, doesn't she? Uh, yes, yeah, okay. uh, that I can remember. Yes, okay, um, yeah. And in the next two movies, you find out that she's not really so much dead as she's with the gods, and they end up like return and they end up going to find her and um in the, in the next movie or so i can't yeah it's it's the next movie this after is this. the part in the adventure where the dungeon master starts drinking a little too much <laughs> hang, on. Hang, hang on so wait the next movie is where they find her and it turns out like her body is all you know her essence and the and the god aniset or or vodka whatever the name of the god is, is sharing the same body and she has kind of yeah. old gandalf the white moment where she was like yeah. gandalf the gray is gone i am now gandalf the white well yeah. she's like i am aniset of the white hair um mm-hmm. and then in the and then in the fifth <laughs> which is one, not what she says people <laughs> and then in the fifth one is the one where mariko is full you know a dark luke skywalker from dark right. empire the dark horse comic how many times can i say dark take a drink if i do um and uh, and in the whole time, Tila's like she's 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 never going to be able to resist the darkness. This is a terrible plan. And like tries to kill her. Okay, right. I'll shut up now. Go ahead. Why? Why? What happened with Marik and Tila in the Necromancer? I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, between Marik and Tila, I I can't remember what actually happened, but I know that Marik has to basically. She's starting to learn that she has to take on this power before. Zorlak does um, because if he does it you know poof into the world Um, so she feels like she's the one that needs to take on this power Um, now you're really stretching me because I started watching these um, and I can't remember this is one of those ones where I kind of um was sitting there going, huh? They run together, don't they? After a they while, they really do. Um, yeah, but they're still, you know, like I said, they're still fun. Mm. Uh, this is what this is about. Okay, this is definitely the uh, the one that I was just like the least interested in. I won't lie. Okay. Um, because it was a little more clunky. Yeah. Um, but what I'm trying to do right now, I'm stalling for time to see if I can find um, something that kind of backs up what I was going to say. Um, I'm glad to say that it's one of those things where Tila had to, and and it was it had you know had to take on her final form, and it was all written in the stars that she had to do this. I don't know. 
I thought I was better prepared than this. <laughs> okay, then. Um, I'm going to go to the IMDb page here. Yeah, it doesn't tell you. Okay. <laughs> Marek must sacrifice her ambitions and perhaps her own soul before her friends are killed to stop Zorlock from obtaining the Dark Fork. Terrific. All right. So, anything else about this one? Because if not, we're just going to move on. No, this one, I didn't fall asleep during this one, but this one, I was definitely cooking dinner. <laughs> Great. Next one 2016, The Iron Crown. Um, a team of unlikely heroes hijacks a steep. Oh, God. This is the one. This again. is the best one. Just because this, they have a tank. Okay. okay. So, yeah, this is the one where I was like, what the fuck is this? Mythica Fury Road? Yes. <laughs> Yes, Man, this is the one they shot this whole thing in a Utah desert. They had they to. Did. They had to have. This is and the, it yeah, was this is beautiful. The one, this is the one where the wooden tank is rolling down the road, and they hijack yep. it, oh, and they oh, ride yes. it the rest of the way to the castle. You're right. This is great. This one. This, this is. is so there's much. no eagles dumping you halfway or even a quarter way. They, they get a steam powered tank, <laughs> and they ride that big. Beautiful thing, right into into the uh, into the really end. It is Fury Road. It, the whole movie is on this stupid yeah. tank until they get to the castle. So they re, they introduced a, a class in D anD D called the Artificer or Artificer, however you want to pronounce it. Mm-hmm. Now, Artificer is uh, science and magic are one, and they're created. You know, basically, an art, Artificer in D anD D would be it's Iron Man. Like and, and, I, I know, like Cyanus no, it would be like dangerous, but. Iron Man. Okay, got it. So they can create armor, they can do this, and they can make infusions. And you know, um, basically, if you have a crossbow, they if they have a like a, like a hand crossbow, they mm-hmm. can do a, an infusion to make it never ending uh, ammo. It just fires, 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 fires. Mm-hmm. You never have to reload. Um, things like that. And they invent things like uh, in our game that we have every Saturday that we broadcast that we that we stream. Uh, we have an artificer. Who it, her race is an air cocra, which is like a bird. She mm-hmm. lost her wings, so now she's beginning to fashion, thinking about how she can fashion prosthetic wings to fly again. Mm-hmm. You know things like that. So that was that's what put me. It's like okay, there was an inventor, an artificer, a alchemist, somebody that invented a freaking sing power tank, and then they took it and ran with it, and I loved it. It was just. For me, that was the entire plot of this movie. Mm-hmm. There, there's nothing. I don't care about the necromancer. I didn't care about anything else other than that tank. I was like, this is beautiful. This is Mythica Fury Road. <laughs> um, yes, and this is the one I was just, which I was just rambling about, where they find uh, Tila's body and she becomes Tila the White. Yeah, um, and and then then they split the party up for the next movie. Yeah, uh, Mar- Marek and Deegan go one way. Um, and she's going to confront the you know the Zorlock. and then um, Tila is um, is rejoined with uh, Thane, who mm-hmm. you know they're, they're in love, and they partner up and go and go off on their adventure, and that leads us to anything. Wait, before I move on, anything about this last one other than like I think I think we're both very much stuck on this tank. Yeah, this it the was. Best part it's of the just movie. it's just so much fun. Um, no, no, it's just this is where it, it picked back up for me. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. I'm interested again, even if it is because of the stupid tank. 
the other thing the other thing to know about this movie which I, this is important they mm-hmm. introduce another MacGuffin, and i feel like like we like we need more stuff <laughs> you know we don't have enough stuff here right so right the, the whole the whole point of the iron crown is the dwarf who runs the tavern wants it um it's uh, the dwarf who runs the tavern wants it because he wants to become yeah. the king of the dwarves but it's also the key to getting a magic hammer that they can use mm-hmm. to defeat the Zorlock with. Right. I forgot about that. Cause they, um, who was stuck? Um, uh, it was Dagan that was stuck on the other side there for a while. Wasn't it? In the last uh, one. Yeah. In the last one. Yeah. Well, they, and they he, figure, they figure out to get the hammer. That it's, they got to go to the underworld in order to get to the underworld. They have to die. And they just assume yeah. that he was going to bring them back. And I, and I'll, and I'll be honest. Um, th- now we're talking about mythic of the God Slayer. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to fast forward through a lot of this in order to make our recording time. But the gist of it was basically they both died. Somehow or other, Thane was brought back to life, but Dagon ended up staying. And he is able right. to find Marek at the end of the movie. And while she's getting killed by Zorlock, he is able to give her the, you know, and get her to put the crown on. When she puts the crown on, she sees Dagon. Dagon's able to give it a hammer. She hits. Zorlock in the uh, the chest and the jewel, right mm-hmm. in the family jewels. Um, right the family and then jewel. he explodes. The zombies all die. The world is saved. Um, and she ends up dying in the process. So at the very end of the movie, Tila talks about... And, and uh, it was funny. I was actually reminded of Dragonlance. Um, yeah. It, it had a very Dragonlance feel to it. You know, specifically the Cataclysm, which mm-hmm. I don't know how... Like, who owned the rights to it and why this has been in development hell for as long as it has? But how do you not make a movie about Lord Soth and the Cataclysm? Like, that just screams. <sighs> like, can you imagine? It's just You're talking about the Dragonlance, like, book series D&D stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine Patrick Stewart as the King Priest of Istar? Oh, my gosh. I know. Right? You, need to, you need to research that a little bit uh, and find out why. There's a lot of reasons why the, that everything was in, like, kind of in a, in a holding pattern. Mm. Uh, and just now getting out of it. Uh, they're going to release more Dragonlance books mm-hmm. very soon. And well, I know next year there's a, there's going to be a new Dungeons and Dragons movie, and hopefully it won't be mm-hmm. the Minstrel Project Chris, that the other one was. Chris, uh, Chris Pine is supposed to be in, involved in that as well, yeah. which gives so, me some hope. Right. But Dragonlance, um, th- that universe was it was uh, Laura and Tracy Hickman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Tracy I read Hickman all those books back twice. in the day. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm. Um, I'm getting back into the Forgotten Realms and Ravenloft books as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but uh, that that was all headed up, but you know, by them and 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 published by T- TSR, mm-hmm. uh, you know, back in the day. But um, yeah, they're just now getting to where you can like really do some some Dragonlance stuff, and and hopefully sure. we'll you, see some Dragonlance. Lord of the D&D. Rings and the Hobbit, you can do Dragonlance. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, it, I brought it up because the um, in the Cataclysm book. And the lore of mm-hmm. the, uh, the Dragonlance, uh, was it the War beautiful. of the Lance? I think I, I think the whole thing kicked off with the War of the Lance, and so the Cataclysm and Lord Soth story is all like prequel, yeah. um, if I remember correctly. But the whole thing was pretty sure king, you're right. It's the been king a long pre- time. Yeah, it's, now we're talking high school for me. Um, yeah. The King Priest of Istar basically looked up into the looked up into the sky and challenged the gods. It was like, "There's no reason why I can't be a god," and they were like, "We can list ten. And then, right. you know, <laughs> and then dropped a mountain on him. Yeah. Oh, and, oh, and then, oh, wait, wait. Here you go. Oh. And now you're dead. 
No. Yeah. <laughs> um, so they were like, well, it was like, no, you can't. They drop a mountain on him. And then in like the immediate years preceding the War of the Lands, the gods just fucked off. And yeah. that was kind of where we pick up with the War of the Lands, which the gods have been gone for a long time and thus went, and with the gods gone, thus went hope. Um, mm -hmm. And so evil has crept back into the land and, you know, and there is an evil trying to, you know, um, unearth the dragons that have been gone for a while. And this is why our heroes need the dragon lance, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so she started talking about like, well, the gods are dead now. Tila does. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was like, oh, that's a little bit of, that's a little bit of the dragon lance. And it's a little bit of the cataclysm right there. Mm -hmm. You know, this idea of we're now living in a world without, and, and she, it's kind of a rambly, you know, concentric circle speech she gives, but it is basically like, well, there was a world before gods. There'll be a world, you know, we're now living in a world after gods and there will always be a world whether there's gods or not. And it's like, oh, interesting take. Okay. But right, that's, where, yeah. that's where we're left with the end of the movie. Yeah. So, the, I mean, a lot of people are thinking there was going to be a Mythica 6, which I highly doubt. Even now, that's it's what, six, seven, uh, five, six years later. Um, but uh, it, it definitely, you could see where they borrowed from a lot of different, um fantasy uh uh genre or uh, fantasy uh sources like you know like they probably borrowed that straight from Dragonlance. Um mm -hmm. some Lord of the Rings in there and Star Wars and, and different things like that. So uh which made their own story and made their their you know made their characters uh memorable but, as well. And that's what kind of makes the this this whole project really fun to watch. Um again it you know this doesn't require deep film analysis, but it is, no. you know, but I think, you know, the kind of, the idea of we're going to make a fantasy film. Let's just take all of these different elements, throw them in a pot and create a fantasy gumbo. And I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm up for this. I'm up for yeah. your fantasy gumbo. Um, well, I mean, to tell, to tell a story, you have to tell stories. For me to tell a story, I have to draw from, um, from uh, what inspires me. And right. what inspires me most is other people's works and, and, you know, and, and the world around me really. So if I can take those things and change them to what I, you know, change them and put my own ideas behind them and, and use them as a basis, I think, you know, there, there's no higher form of flattery than uh, what's the, what's the phrase I'm looking for. Uh, the most sincere form of flattery is, um, Imitation. Imitate, imitation is the sincerest form sincerest of flattery. form of flattery. Yeah. So and it's not really imitation. It is legitimately just um you, you're inspiring. It's inspiration. So uh if anything, you know, if I write something and somebody says, Man, this is really inspiring. This, I mean, this inspired me to do my own thing. By all means, use it as inspiration to to create your own world. And I think that's what they did here. They've had all these things that they loved in the past. And it inspired them to make their own world and to tell their own story. And then you get five movies out of it. Five pretty darn good movies for what they are. Yeah. You know, so, and it, I mean, like, Mark, did you have fun? Yeah. Watching them? No, no, exactly. I uh, I was thinking about um, in the archives right now, and it's actually a re-air from years ago, Pat and I did the mission in uh, Missing in Action, Chuck Norris movie. Oh my gosh, I love those movies. Yeah, um, if you ever get a chance, check out our long road to ruin on that. We actually had a fun discussion, and one of the things we said about it was like, these are, um, you know, the Saturday afternoon cable movies that we all grew up with. Absolutely, and, I, and that kind of thing is kind of gone now because what person in the 
15 to 35 age range is watching anything on cable. Right. <laughs> you know, exactly. If it's not on TikTok, they're, they're, they're not watching it. Um, but this is how you and I, Where do you and, stream you know, Jesse that? and Jesse and all them, this is what we grew up with. You know, yeah. you would, you'd go outside and play for a little bit. You ride your bike, you know, whatever. Um, and then you come in and watch Beastmaster. Right. Yeah. You, you, Cause you, it was two you, o'clock in the day. And right. there was nothing else on. Right, exactly. You, you, you. If you had cable, or if you had like the channel, you know, if you had just regular, you know, if you didn't have cable, you had the first, you know, thirteen channels. You always had like, you know, channel thirteen afternoon movie, um, you know, and it was always like a western or a high fantasy, you know, mid, you know, low to mid budget movie that uh, it was just it was easy content for that particular network to show. And that's you know, and and so I have a, I have a place in my heart for that. So this was not in no. this was not a uh, this was not a horrible experience. I when you were like I want to talk about myth again. I saw what it was. I'm just like oh no. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that. There's gonna what, be boobies I, in this, or I'm not gonna like it. You know? <laughs> um, well, despite, I mean, let me ask you this: Did it catch you off guard in the first movie when when Dagan grabbed uh, Merrick's boob in the hay in the hay wagon? Do you remember uh, that? I vaguely she, remember it, and I don't know. I, I, she jumped in the hay wagon. She nestled in, thinking she was going to have a free ride all the way back home and not be in trouble. Mm-hmm. And there's Dagan in there, and he's like, "Hey, hey!" He, like he gets her to be quiet because of the guards. Mm-hmm. And then after they get past the guards, he just like fills her up, just grabs <laughs> a handful of boob and goes on. And I'm well, like, "What the crap?" Wearing, wearing all that makeup in those times, she was asking for it. I'm just kidding. I'm just Whoa! Kidding. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> at at Mark Rattledge on at Mark Rattledge on Twitter. There oh is. man. <laughs> just kidding, everybody. Jokes. Jokes. <laughs> oh, you can't make those anymore. No, no. Well, I, I, I think I'm too small to be canceled. I have to get I have to get a following before they can cancel me. <laughs> Oh dear! All right, you'd be surprised. <laughs> Let's cancel this guy. Nobody knows. <laughs> All right, nice. Ronnie. Uh, I believe we have talked as much as we need to do about this film series. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean, other than just just watch it, and I mean, if you if you like fantasy, just watch it and give it a chance. See what you think, and if you don't like it, then you know you don't have any taste, and you deserve to go to jail. So. Um, I just want to talk for a little bit about Amazon Music because Ooh. if you're running a D&D campaign and you need some good music, you don't want to go out there and like, you know, start buying a whole bunch of crap because mm-hmm. then, you know, you're going to spend too much money. What you want to do is pay, just drop a monthly fee and then you can stream all the music for your D&D campaign that you want. You know, it's epic soundtracks like the Lord of the Rings soundtrack or Braveheart you know, or you want some battle metal like uh, Turisis or Iluviti or, um, you know, some Trollic Man of War, some Trollish folk metal, if you're mm-hmm. into that sort of thing, like Corporal Akani or Fin Troll or something like that. You're it's just making there. things up now. I am not. <laughs> <laughs> These are bands that we reviewed on the Metal Hammer of Doom. As I know. May um, I ask you a question about Amazon Music? You may ask me a question about AmazonMusic.com. Can you make playlists on AmazonMusic.com? Um, maybe you'll have to you'll have to you click our link at getAmazonMusic.com/slash/w2mnetwork and I experience apologize. the magic for yourself. <laughs> you do if you could or nothing. Um, I mean, there's Most so much places music. let you make a playlist. <laughs> Who's got time to make playlists? 
when there's so much free music you could stream on Amazon, getamazonmusic.com. Just tell me Network. not to talk during the commercials from now on. <laughs> so there's our link at getamazonmusic.com slash W2M Network for a free 30 days of Amazon Music. And you can experiment and see if they let you make playlists or not. It's all a mystery. <laughs> All right, what's not a mystery? <laughs> Moving on. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so today's date oh. is, is Wednesday, July 28th. Um, mm -hmm. On Sunday the 25th, our clutch retrospective from 1993 to 2009, when we originally recorded it, uh, is up in the archives for you to listen to. Um, we've got um, our source material, Maestro from 2020 by Peter David. That's me and Chris Sheehan reviewing that. Um, yesterday, myself and Sean Comer, we did a long road to ruin for the El Mariachi trilogy. That's Desperado, the uh, El Mariachi, and Once Upon a Time in Mexico. That's actually a re-air from those. a couple of years ago. Yeah, those are great movies. movies. I'm just an FBI agent walking my beat. Um <laughs> So yeah, so check out our, check out our conversation about the El Mariachi trilogy. Uh, also, what went up today is another undisputed, sorry, uh, unspoken issues with mm -hmm. Jesse uh, and whoever. Maybe it was Dean Compton, maybe it was Chris Armstrong. Who knows? They reviewed Thunderstrike tomorrow. Love that book. Uh, tomorrow, myself, Jason Teasley, Robert Winfrey, and Alexis Hanna will be doing a special uh, split split seven inches, as I like to call them. It's a comic strip, officially, but it's actually a comic strip and a damn you Hollywood combined. M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong's Old is in theaters now. We're going to review that, but we're also going to review the comic that it was inspired by called Sandcastles. Uh, this Friday, Jungle Cruise is in theaters, so uh, we are re-airing are damn you hollywood for another movie based on a disney theme park area uh tomorrowland which came out a few years ago starring george Clooney. <laughs> and then this weekend we have two more long road to ruins for you it's our highlander series which we did in two parts so part one will be this saturday july 31st and then august 1st we'll have highlander part two uh sean and i a couple years ago had a lot of fun talking about those movies and then in theory, assuming I've watched it all by then, uh, myself, David Wright, and Andrew Graham will be reviewing the right stuff from Disney+. Plus. So, Bronnie Adams, today is July 28th. What do mm -hmm. you have going on on July 28th? Wednesday, and... July 28th. <laughs> That's how you what. Back uh, on, on Saturday, July... Shoot. 23rd? Uh, no, 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 the 18th. Oh, July okay, 18th. on July 18th, right. That was um, a week ago Sunday. It was. Uh, it was a week ago. So, you know, about a week ago, um, the reason I'm saying this is probably it's because it's still up on Twitch, and it is up on um, our our YouTube page as well. And what I meant by uh, what I meant by 18th, I meant, I meant the 17th. Mm -hmm. um, July 17th, we had what is called a Battle Interactive. And that would be uh, five tables, four tables, actually. I apologize. Four tables of D&D &D action, four DMs, all playing the same storyline with one coordinator. Um, so it's basically uh, coming down to 
there is a drow, which is a dark elf. Uh, uh, what's it? Ritual being cast. And it is up to these four teams of 10 people to raid this drow, this dark elf uh, underground ritual and stop it from happening. And so it is back in the day. Uh, nowadays, it's called an epic. Back in the day, it was called a battle interactive. Uh, so it is very chaotic. It is very fun. And we are going to be streaming from hopefully from four. We we have streamed for hopefully from four tables. Um, and uh, as long as other people still have those up, I know mine is still up and it will be up for some time. And uh, so it was a lot of fun. I've done this in the past. And, uh, so we, we went in and I'm not going to tell you how it ended. Uh, but we went in and, uh, we had a special guest, uh, play that. And if you did not watch that, I really highly recommend you go back and watch it. Um, it was a lot of fun. It had some really, some cool, uh, um, had a cool guest, uh, make their appearance in it. And, um, a lot of, uh, D and D action that happened. Also, I think we have a D and D game coming up. Yes, Ronnie. Our D and D game was actually um, is the thirtieth. Yes, it's in two days. <laughs> it's in two days. Why did you think it already happened? I don't know, Ronnie. I don't know why I thought it already happened, but it is in fact because today is July twenty eighth, happening on July thirtieth. <laughs> oh God! I think I'm going to pee. Uh, I'm laughing so hard. <laughs> but there's a lot of stuff happening. Um, misfits and miscreants on Twitch. Uh, misfits and miscreants. Uh, you know, Twitch.tv slash misfits and miscreants. Um, the next big, uh, uh, the next two two uh, stream games that I'm going to be uh, the Dungeon Master for that we're going to be um, uh, streaming is one is called Tyranny of Dragons. Uh, and the one on Saturday, that's going to be on Tuesdays, I do believe. And the one on Saturdays, uh, is we're starting uh, in late August, these two. Uh, and the other one's going to be called Icewind Dale, Rime of the Frost Maiden. Um, so there's going to be a lot of cool action going on in those. So please check us out. All right. Um, so that's it. That is our Long Road to Ruin for the Mythica film series. I want to thank Ronnie Adams for joining me tonight. Uh, we'll be back again soon. We just did a whole bunch of plugs for you. Check out all of our stuff on the archives. Um, if you want to see more video, they're on YouTube. Uh, if you just want to subscribe to the podcast, we are on Apple, Spotify, um, Spreaker, for those of you who, who do that, Twitch, uh, Stitcher, rather, you name it, we're on it. There's a whole link tree that'll be provided in. If wherever you found this, if you don't want to hear it where you found it, there's a link tree in the description. Click on it. It'll take you where you do want to listen to it. Uh, I'm Mark Radlich. He's Ronnie Adams. Be well, be safe, and behave. <laughs>